Right, we're talking today again about pitches. Yes. Um, you might have noticed last week we spent some time talking about unethical pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that follows an immediate snack. We did a few, well, probably a month or two ago now, where we uh, were talking about a quite scandalous pitch around BMW yes. uh, in the US. Um, but we thought we'd use this opportunity to actually talk about really what makes a great pitch. We were reminded, we were talking about this this morning. You might have seen this in the background many times on Media Snack, but um, our friend Tom Fishburne sent us this. This is actually original. It's not original. It's a print, uh, which Tom very kindly signed. But it's a, it highlights agencies being exploited right. as part of pitch processes. And we're going to talk about the opposite today. Yes. Getting the most out of the agencies. Exactly. So... Uh, it's a busy pitch year. Yes, it is. Uh, we know that it's a very cluttered pitch market. You know, we've, we've managed already about $5 billion worth of pitches, both global, yep. uh, regional, across Europe, in the US, yep. we're managing a pitch. This year, we think we'll probably be responsible for about $8 billion. So we've got a perspective on kind of the good and the bad yep. of media exactly. pitching. Exactly. Uh, and it's pertinent because this is the time of year Typically, these are the beginnings of conversations where marketers and their procurement colleagues are starting to think about pitches that they're going to run in 2019. Um, And it typically, in our experience, takes about six months from kind of initial seed idea through to full prep before you go to market. That's right. Uh, It's about six months' time. Yeah. Uh, We've noticed a number of things this year about the pitches that we're managing that perhaps differ from the pitches of two, three years ago. And the, the playbook's changing, doesn't yes. it? I mean, that's a good thing for us, I suppose, but there's no, the pitches are changing all yeah. the time. They're yeah. evolving. They're yeah. evolving to the, to the marketer's needs, yeah. which is critical. And the, the first thing that I think is, is most visible in certainly the pitches that we're reviewing, is they're all about the operating model. Yeah. And they are, they are asking the market to stretch themselves. Okay, so it's no longer about uh, providing their entire kind of marketing services requirements to one holding group. Yep. Now they're fragmenting scope. Yep. So in a lot of the operating models that we're talking to the agencies about, it's about separating data analytics from yep. kind of media planning and buying and programmatic. And yep. so they're challenging the market to come back with a solution that is based on their internal operating requirements. Yep. I think that's really interesting. Um, I think one of the other things that we've observed as well is, you know, this whole thing about, you know, uh, you know CMOs becoming more interested mm. in media, media becoming kind of higher, visi- highly kind of visible or more priority internally within yeah. marketing organizations and within corporations. Uh, we're finding a lot more senior stakeholders attending media pitches now. Um, actually, a lot more marketers in, across businesses in, interested. But the difference is they're not just turning up and like picking an agency, like maybe they might have done a few years ago. Um, we're finding we've got very senior stakeholders, you know, business owners, not just marketers, mm. senior people, and they come already with a view, right? You know, they've got an opinion on media, uh, they've got an aligned vision. Sometimes we've helped them define that, but they come prepared, you know, and interested, and that's really good. I mean, I've been really pleased to see that yeah. in the last year. And do you know what wins a pitch these days? Don't know. Lowest possible pricing? No. no. It's, about, it's about talent. Yeah. And it's about cultural fit. And it's about thought leadership. So sometimes the intangibles of, of kind of a, of a media pitch, the things that make the biggest difference is, is talent. Yeah. And whether that agency has got the cultural fit and the empathy yeah. 
yeah. to fit with the client's organisations, yeah. uh, and and that is that is a that is a massive shift, certainly from where we were in 2015. Exactly, uh, and that is just really good to see. We see it all the time. We see, you know, we sit in a room with marketers and we look, at, we meet a whole bunch of different agencies that are kind of pitching for their um, for their business, and you just see marketers, you know, and their procurement teams yeah. just get excited about you know, a great cultural fit. It's Absolutely. electric yeah. uh, and you see talent that just they, they kind of fall in love mm -hmm. with. Um, and that makes such a difference. It just begins this relationship with great, such great momentum yeah. and belief. And then it's everybody's job, including ours sometimes, to make sure that that continues yeah. through the you know, duration of that relationship, which hopefully is for many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, so one of, one of the uh, perennial questions that comes up when talking about pitching, and we speak to a lot of agencies, we speak to a lot of marketers, a lot of procurement leaders, um, are they getting better? Mm. They're kind of maybe getting a bit more complicated in some places. Are they getting better or are they getting worse? Well, they're getting better yeah. without, without question. And the reason they're getting better is because the amount of time and effort and consideration that goes into the preparation stage before the client often ignites yeah. the pitch uh, is done so well with so much kind of thought and effort that often the pitch processes themselves can be compressed into a relatively narrow window, yeah. enabling, I hope, the agencies to maintain a sense of energy and momentum during that process without them being these drawn out, long-winded kind of events that go on for over a year. Yeah. So it's the preparation that I think has changed that has enabled a kind of a more effective pitch process, certainly in the reviews that, that, that we're involved exactly in. Exactly right, yeah. Um, and you know, we, we listen to agencies and we ask a lot. In fact, we're, we're um, in the process at the moment in the US um, of doing a piece of uh, field research across US-based agencies, just trying to understand where the pain points are in typical pitch. Yeah. The idea is that we can kind of use that to innovate the process. Um, and removing the pain points allows agencies to perform better and that's in the interest of the, interest of the marketer. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So we do, mm -hmm. we, we really listen. Um, we try and innovate the process continually just to make that more effective, that's important. Yeah. Um, last week, uh, on, uh, which I think we've just put out the episode, so it'll be linked up here, um, I did a Media Snack Meets with Mike Cooper, yeah. and Mike Cooper is the global CEO of PhD, and they had very recently won HSBC's global media account as part of a pitch. Um, and Mike had said publicly, and then I, I kind of forced him into repeating it on air, on Mediasnack, of course, is that he said the HSBC's pitch was the most enjoyable pitch that they'd ever participated in. Um, that was a so review that we'd managed. Which we'd managed. In that, full that disclosure. Yeah. 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 Um, and, but, I mean, you were very hands-on with yeah. that, with HSBC. Why, why is the agency CEO saying it's the most enjoyable pitch? Because it's not normally a word that people associate with media pitches. Well, enjoyable. in fairness, I mean, Mike won it. Uh, PhD yeah. won yeah. it. I mean, that, that was probably that was part of yeah. the enjoyable bit. But I, I also think that uh, one of the reasons why the pitch process was, uh, was considered strong and good mm. by, I think, all of the agencies that participate in it was because of the initial involvement of all the stakeholders. Yeah. We had lots and lots of client stakeholders, but they were all from the very beginning fully invested in the process. Yeah. That enabled an aligned vision of what the process would look like and, and how the, the, the review should be measured. Yeah. And, and it came actually from uh, a very clear mandate and very strong leadership from the CMO, which yeah. was Leanne Kutz, who, um, who, who drove uh, you know, the process internally 
uh, with a very, very clear vision and mandate. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, I mean, watch the episode. It's a really interesting interview, I think, with Mike. I mean, he talks about how they set the tone mm. and it, it kind of felt enjoyable from the beginning. Uh, hopefully not just because of the result, but, you know, anyway, good for them. Um, you know, we say this all the time, pitches are really disruptive. They are a huge distraction. They do, like, they drain resource on the, on the client side and, of course, on the agency side. Particularly, you know, if you're the incumbent, that's distracting. So you've got a lot of people distracted from the day-to-day business. So there's got to be a very good kind of rationale and reason to do a pitch. You've got to have very clear objectives. Um, but where they succeed... It's really organisation. Yeah. I think when we so when we talk about what makes a great pitch and how can it be enjoyable or rewarding for both sides, it's just organisation, right? Yeah. It's just that's sure. the planning and the organisation. Right then, good week four. France. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, having won the World Cup yes, on Sunday, but that wasn't the only battle that was taking place uh, over the last three weeks. Yeah. There was also the battle of the big sporting goods businesses. So yeah. the battle between Adidas that sponsors the World Cup and Nike uh, yeah. that doesn't, yes. right? And the winner of that battle, it appears, is Nike. Mm-hmm. So not only did they have the shirt sponsorship of both teams in the final, yeah. therefore the winner, they also sponsored the winner of the golden boot, so the person that scored the most goals. Okay. Uh, the winner of the, the golden ball, the best player in the tournament. Luka Modric. Absolutely. Like test. Yeah. And also the best young player in the world. Mbappe. Yes, well okay. done. And they scored 100 goals. So uh, without any sponsorship, uh, it was most definitely a great week for France yeah. and also for Nike. Yeah. And they don't spend any money in associating with FIFA and the World Absolutely. Cup. Okay. So they get the headlines. Uh, and it's been a bad week for? It's been a bad week for Google um, already. Now, let me get this. This is, this is kind of complicated. So, Google have just been fined $5 billion by the European Commission. Let me just tell you that again. That's $5 billion, uh, which is now the largest anti- antitrust or anti-competitive fine ever issued uh, in the EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes a year since Google also had the... the uh, the ignominy of also having, at that point, the largest ever uh, fine ever issued for anti-competitive behaviour, which was two point or nearly $3 billion last year. So this week, I think it happened today, in fact, or yesterday, um, this was due to uh, their Google encouraging handset manufacturers mm-hmm. for their Android phones to pre-install Google apps, right. Google search, mm-hmm. and so that made it therefore the default. The EU mm-hmm. have said that's anti-competitive. Um, slapped all this fine. Last year's fine was because they were they were accused of manipulating results from their shopping uh, uh, results for searches. Um, so in the last year, we're looking at about seven billion dollar fine, which is about equivalent to Google's Q1 profit. So it seems like a lot of money. Yeah. This is a business which is supposedly sitting on about ninety to hundred billion dollars in cash. So um, that's going to be slightly. Slightly painful, but not not debilitating for Google. Where they're going to really feel the pain is that actually today's or this week's ruling is going to require potentially require some real change of behaviour yeah. from Google if they're not allowed to promote Google Search on Android phones. That could really dent their search business. Mm. And if you bear in mind that's a sixty billion dollar revenue business, yeah. far bigger than the fine itself. If that is impacted, that has a long term impact on the the value uh, of Google. Um, 
So that's the ruling that says come through. Bad week for Google. Absolutely. There's still three other outstanding EU investigations into Google's practices, like their advertising mm-hmm. business, their maps business. So uh, it could be a very bad year for Google, not just a bad week. They may p- appear again. They may appear again, I'm sure they will. Uh, right, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll, we have question of the week first before we go, which is, uh, can pitches be enjoyable? Yes, no, and whatever. Excellent. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please give us a thumbs up, but that's your media snack for now. See you next time. Respectful and courteous to the agency. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've glued my fingers together this morning. <laughs> this is brilliant.